0: Here on the Christine Epchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to the Christine Epchurch Show here live on KKNW AM 1150 in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. And if you want to watch the video, you can get onto Facebook Live, either on Transformation Talk Radio page or Christine Upchurch Professional page. Uh, Very grateful to have you here today. And I think you are going to be grateful you're joining us here as well, because, um, gosh, our guest today has had a fascinating journey. And before I introduce her, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology and introduce my cat apparently wants to be a part of this yet again this is luna when she appears Uh, when you see a fleet feline head that's going to be my luna (laughs) and i'd like to say good morning to benny and olivia hi benny hi there
1: you have like a little wildlife action going on there i like it
0: i know she's usually very very calm off in another place um but there have been a couple of guests you know the the, the past few months where she's said hey i want to be a part of this yeah
1: bring in Um, the energy bring in the cats do what you got to do yeah Have your boys started school? They did. They started on a Wednesday virtually, um, which is nice because, you know, I have the twins, so they are actually um – Uh, In in the previous shows, I I, uh, discussed things about um, our kindergartner teachers moved up after their kindergarten year to fourth grade. So we're now with the same teachers from kindergarten. Now they're in fourth grade, too, which is really uh, convenient. So it's kind of like a job share type thing or or schooling sharing. But it's really cool. They both get to kind of sit in the same class virtually for the most part. I got to separate them because, you know, they're going to start elbowing each other. They get. They're nine, so <laughs> go yeah, figure, yeah, yeah. twin boys. And, and I can't
0: imagine virtually schooling twins. Yeah, oh well, goodness. yeah.
1: Thankfully, like I said, they're in the same kind of classroom environment, so it should work uh-huh. out. My, my, I, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm optimistic.
0: Good. And hello, Olivia. Thank you for facilitating TTR and uh, the Facebook Live stuff. I appreciate it.
1: Good
2: morning, Christine and Luna. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Luna has settled down, so hopefully she won't make the kind of appearance she made on the Michael Tomlinson version of of, of, a guest appearance on the show. You can always check out the
1: podcast if you want, by the way, if you really want. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it was amusing. It was amusing. And I'm really excited about our guest today, somebody who's gone from quite the harrowing childhood to become a very successful actress and then to become a psychic medium, um, but before i introduce her and have her tell her amazing story and share some of her wisdom we're going to go take a quick 60 second break stay tuned for the other half for the side of this break while we tweak some technology the vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming if you're like i am It can be rather elusive to get there but when you are in it you feel it down to your very core don't you and it can positively affect everything in your life from your relationships to your health and well-being from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression on the christine upchurch show we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness psychology spirituality health healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm really excited about our guest today. Um, She is Marla Fries and You're probably gonna recognize her face because she's been on a number of television shows. You may have seen her performing on stage. She's had a very interesting background and career as a successful actress. Um, And then she became a psychic medium, but it hasn't been an easy road. And she's got a fascinating journey to share with us today. She is a transformational psychic medium. And she spent 25 years as a successful TV and stage actress, and she started devoting herself to her current work, and has appeared as a psychic medium on a and Bravo, so still in television, History Channel, Sci-Fi, TV Land, and Gaia TV's Beyond Belief with George Nori. She's made numerous radio appearances, including on Coast to Coast, and. Um, you know, she she worked with and, and mentored with James Von Prague, who's been on the show a few times, and she appears across the country presenting messages with Marla. Um, she's also co-hosted on Whitley Strieber's uh, UnknownCountry.com uh, podcast, and it's interesting because I happen to be reading one of his books right now. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Marla Fries, author of American Psychic. Hi, Marla. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. Well, you know, I have to tell you, Marla, that um, just because of my personal taste with books, I tend to prefer nonfiction where it's sort of like um, conscious learning topics. And I tend not to be as drawn to um, memoirs. And sometimes when I come across a memoir that people really like, I'll read it and think, okay, well, this is a little boring. And, you know, it's like I'm coming out of the closet about my preferences. But I have to tell you, I was so intrigued and fascinated with your own memoir here, American Psychic. Um, I couldn't put it down. And, in fact, I stayed up way too late last night finishing it instead of waiting until this morning because I didn't want to have to wait And you've had a fascinating journey, and you did such a wonderful job conveying um, your own personal process, as well as the fascinating details of your life. Now, I know that you've had great success in in a couple of different areas, including as a psychic medium now. What prompted you to share your memoir in this book? Oh, well, it's fascinating to always get reflection from somebody who's, who's read the book. And I think that in the transformation that happens to us, we reach a point in our lives where, well, we thought that we were happy, and then something happens and changes us forever. And mm-hmm. I was actually married, in, and this happened in 2009, where that whole thing just blew up. As you might have read in the beginning of the book, it was yeah. Max, The Crystal Skull, Something that, you know, (laughs) I was interviewing Max, the crystal skull. Uh (laughs) And And I'm sure I met Max in person, by the way. Yes, (laughs) um, Joanne uh, Joanne, and, of course, Max. But these crazy things that were starting to happen to me began in the mid-90s. So that was actually one of the, the key elements. I did not really believe in talking to the dead. Psychic stuff had been peppered throughout my entire life but I didn't really give it a lot of, of focus, but it was it was this, um, there were a couple of events that made me like literally my antennas blew out of my head and they never came back down. I was stalked by someone, which was the gift yeah. of fear. And that yeah. led me into, you know, being put in James Von Prague's house. It was a miraculous uh, series of events. And I think that writing the book was really, to share my journey so that other people could go on that journey and go, well, if Marla's such a, you know, dumb bunny, I can, and she survived. Well, I can too. And also I think everybody has to share their truth. I remember Oprah Winfrey saying, you know, telling the truth, sharing our truth is one of the greatest things you can possibly do for yourself. Uh So that's what I did. It was the marriage that blew up and I had time and I needed to reflect. and, And that's what I wanted to do. And I think that it's it's not just about sharing our truth to witness it. It's about finally recognizing what our truth is on a on a self-awareness level. Um, because I think that although we put on a facade for other people, oftentimes we believe the facade yeah. that, you know, we we buy into this lie, and I'll put lie in quotes because it's it's not, you know, it's it's really more of a a, a hiding of who we truly are, right? And, and, and kind of shielding that from the world. But oftentimes we're not aware of what our personal truth is. So your journey not only is about sharing it with others, it's about your self-reflection and, and finding that truth within yourself. Right. It's been an anecdotal journey, and that's basically what the book is. But you mentioned something very interesting. I left acting in 2002 because I began this work. This all sort of blew up for me in the mid-90s. But it was because it was because of acting that I truly believed it saved my life. I had to pretend with my mother, and that was one of the hardest things for me to come to terms with as far as my own integrity, uh, for most of my life. It was in seeing her joy watching television. And that was pretty much the only thing that gave her joy. And I decided I would get into that box in the corner of the room and make sure that I could do something that would make her happy so that she would love me and not hurt me. And that's the child's voice. I mean, it was basically in, in, in kindergarten when I decided that that was going to be what I was going to do. Uh-huh. And I manifested that, but of course, that did not have the desired reaction that I wanted. It right. was just part of my journey to understand my own voice. And uh, oddly enough, working as an actress, you have to listen to people. Uh-huh. And listening to people opened the door for this new transformational work, which, as I said, I was highly skeptical of. Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> reading about your childhood was painful. Uh, for me, because first of all, to, to see from the, your, your own perspective as a child about how much you desperately wanted to please your mother mm-hmm. and this connection you had with your father, but your father couldn't be there completely for you. Uh, And you faced significant abuse from your mother. Can you share a little bit about your childhood? Um, Because I think that there are a lot of people out there with dysfunctional childhood where there's been some sort of verbal abuse or physical abuse, sexual abuse. And I think it's rampant. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear about your story and your perspective of, of how it's evolved. Well, that's one of the reasons I called my book American Psychic. I wanted the term psychic in there so I could really get people to have the conversation about what that was really about. Um, And of course, I've been working through the science of that for the last 10 years, which I'll share with you. But the American part of this journey is that my father was a World War II veteran, and he had been blown up in in blowing up Hitler's Siegfried line in Germany. He came, he came back to the States in a body cast in 45. So, and I was born in 58. So the dynamic of of living under my father's t- nighttime tears and daytime pain was something that I saw from the time that I was little. And he also medicated himself. And that's what many, many fathers did, of course, at that time, which mm-hmm. basically made my mother crazy Mm -hmm. and I think that that whether she had whether the mental illness that she was suffering from made her so upset but she could not titrate her own emotion so here neither could my father and and what veterans can they come back from war and and they're medicating and of course the mothers sometimes were doing the same thing just in different Mm -hmm. ways and she was miserable and I think that spiritually speaking I heard the cries of my mother and and I decided to be born to that family. uh uh-huh. And which on the other side is probably a brilliant idea like oh good what well, this is yeah. going to be quite an adventure but as a child oh yeah. my god what an yeah. experience. Yeah as a child I was pretty pissed. And, you know, I, I had the concept of God very, very early because I think that we do remember some parts of our former life or where I we agree. were before we were born. And Brian Weiss, who is, you know, the, the, for, the father of uh, past life regression and many lives, many masters. I right. had that, a terrific experience with him that changed my whole life around the fact that I must have made this choice. Uh-huh. But getting here, so to speak, and seeing mm-hmm. her pain, I became an armchair therapist, you know, basically, by the time I was four, listening to her. And if I listened to her, that would give her an opportunity to express herself. And once she expressed herself, that that would help. But in turn, when she was too wrapped up, I became the, the the object of which she needed to act out her rage.
2: Right.
0: And, you know, thank you for being so sensitive around this conversation. I think that's the reason that I call myself transformational because I really did the work in order to heal that. And it's, you know, it's an ongoing journey, but the transformation of watching that dynamic and being part of that pain was also an introduction to my psychic awareness, because I, I mean, I think that when we are, heightened in our sensitivities from trauma, we have to find a way. And I was disassociating, Christine. I was leaving my body when things were being done to my body that shouldn't have been, I was trying to get into the neighbor's house. And if they would let me in, you know, just the, of course, they didn't see me. It was just my consciousness that was out there. Uh And of course, years later, I realized that that would be one of the tools that I would use as a psychic doing remote viewing or yeah. locating my consciousness to pick up information someplace else. Uh-huh. But I do believe that those heightened sensitivities of having my, my cellular structure vibrated by being assaulted in the way that I was has made many of us so heightened in our sensitivities. That's why empaths are walking around with a, with a pattern of, narcissism and empath you have people who are abusing you and 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 broaching your boundaries all the time and the and the real um necessity of an empath is to find boundaries Uh and help to stand up to that abuse yeah i've been there done that um and it's it's really about sort of You know, they they call it walking on eggshells, but it's really not a psychological thing as much as kind of like this energetic navigation, this sensitivity. Like, is this person about to blow? Or, you know, do I need to stay away from this person? Or have I just said the wrong thing? Or, you know, am I saying the right thing to kind of sort of fill their love tank momentarily, so that they, you know, it's it's complex. It's a lot to ask of a child but there are gifts in it, aren't there? Yeah, and the I think the thing that was the hardest was that I, I had to pretend with her because she had no capacity to hear my upset. So I would try and communicate with her, but that was met with gaslighting of course you don't know as a child that that's gaslighting sure. and, and so i found i found the joy in the woodlands of, of pennsylvania and my father was a good provider and he had a we had a farm outside of town where i got to you know be in the woods with my horse and and be in nature and have that experience with him that gave me um that gave me my heart my father was a, a deeply compassionate person that loved everyone but he just still did not know how to navigate those emotions himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think about your journey, there's so much about your journey that's fascinating, but one of the things is that um, you'd been exposed in one way or another to murders. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody you cared about, well, three people you cared about, including yeah. um, uh, a couple of women who owned a diner whatever it was. It's yeah. so, when I think about this, this crazy navigation through your, your family situation and also getting exposed to some of the horrific things that can happen, um, do you see a purpose in having been exposed to those murders? Oh, yes, I do. Actually, you know, there's a whole thread throughout the book, basically, of everything that happened to me, which, which was um, the prerequisite to something that would later happen. And those three murders, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled that you were, wanted to go down this road to the sensitivity of the, the, the nature of the abuse because those three murders are what actually helped me protect myself from my mother. Um, when, when I was in seventh grade, one of the girls that I had just started you know, sitting with in, uh, in the high school, we were seventh through 12th was high school actually. Yeah. And one of the girls that I was sitting across from was just, I knew that I was sitting there with her you know you meet new kids all over the place but she was so innocent and so different from many of the kids around us and I just wanted to take what I called a psychic snapshot of her seeing everything about her and knowing that there was something that made me want to protect her and then the next week she was raped and murdered and that that, those, that information was something I didn't know what murder was. I didn't know what rape was. You had to listen to people talk about it and learn yeah. about it. And it made me start to think that there's things that happen to children that are beyond. But some of that was happening to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, Somebody from the outside is telling me that this is wrong. And I started to question everything. I didn't wanna go down to the farm anymore and get on my horse with my father. I wanted to isolate, right? But those two older women the next year were women that I saw every week when I was down from at the farm going back to, to town. And these women were the salt of the earth and all they wanted to do was help people and serve people. So when they were murdered, I got really pissed. You remember The Wild Wild West? You remember Robert Conrad and the show The Wild yeah. Wild West? I'd been watching that show and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna become an advocate and I'm gonna take a look at this murder and anything that came my way, especially with my father, when he didn't feel strong enough to handle it, I was gonna take control. I developed oh. the tr- persona where nobody was telling me the truth where nobody could protect me and when when there was a guy that stole pigs from our farm i said to my dad listen we're going to we're going to tape his confession i'm going to tape a tape recorder underneath your seat we're going to get him we're going to get him in the car and get him to confess and that's exactly these are funny things that you learn from television and the television was my babysitter Sure. Sure. It was for many people. Yeah. Exactly. How crazy is that? But I developed this sense of bravado and it literally made me start taking, you know, my mother no longer came into my bathroom ever again.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a powerful scene when you talk about, you know, opening your closet door so that. Right. You couldn't get in there. Yeah, I opened the closet door so she could not get into the bathroom because yeah. she, would. She, I mean, even though they were locks, you could pop them. But sure. if far, if far, you know, the probably worst thing was chipping the paint that she would do if she opened up the door. So yeah. I learned by those murders, it made me take a stand for myself. And then inevitably, yeah. years later, I would end up, you know, hunting for the bodies of, of, of women who had been... Right taken and working on homicide cases Uh which is so fascinating so um how how have you developed your psychic mediumship well remember it's a key piece and for the listeners you know if there's anybody that's skeptical about this you know why you're skeptical it's kind of like oh that can't happen that's not possible the dead talking to us you know that's just a crock well when in fact um I had once again been primed for an opening in my consciousness. I just had all my wisdom teeth removed. I had been making a lot of money as an actress, so I basically had time to do things. And I kind of fell for a dark angel. He was, was a barista boy that looked like Antonio Banderas and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. And he kept wanting to ingratiate himself to me. So he would try to give me a gift. And one of the first times he gave me a gift, I looked at these beautiful blue vintage gloves and I tried to put them on and my stomach flipped like like maybe I'd been sick from the Percocet that i had taken or uh-huh. something. And I was like, what is this? And I heard something I'd never heard before. Because um, as a child, we always have a voice that sometimes will guide us. There are a couple right. of stories that in the book that, that I was guided to, to save myself. But this was a different voice, Christine. This mm-hmm. had a personality, and it said, go to the house that he says that he's living in. Go to the house and see what it's all about. Go up to that street and check it all out. Right. And I was like, what? What is this? So I listened, and that person happened to be the dead woman who had owned those gu- gloves? And had she had been in the house, right? Yeah, she had. She and her husband had lived in that house. And to make a long story short, she basically led me up there, which made me do some research and found out that she and her husband were dead. And when yeah. I called the daughter. The daughter had told me that there had been a young man not living in the house, but had squatted in the house and stolen things from the house. So mm-hmm. here he was, a con man, a con artist, who was trying to ingratiate himself to people, giving them gifts that had been from that house of those dead people. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is the craziest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I... I. I saw James Von Prague on television and I was also skeptical and I was making fun of of James with a girlfriend on on the phone and she said, well, I'm going to see him next week. So I ended up watching him and coming home after that amazing experience and getting down on my hands and knees and asking and praying, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. What's this voice? What's this talking to the dead business? Can -hmm. you help me with this stalker? And basically, all those things were revealed and more. Because uh, it was James who basically proved to me that I, in fact, was a medium. Yeah. How it's, crazy. It's just crazy. It, it's, exactly. it is crazy. But, but sometimes the craziest thing is just how our individual paths unfold. Yes. And it, it's almost like it's being orchestrated at a higher level that we couldn't even dream up the pathway. Exactly. It's so remarkable. And this is, you know, this is really great PR for God. Even though I've been working with a scientist and, <laughs> and, ex- and explaining the science of how I work by tapping into databases, the, the heart, as you know, you know, heart math and all of those groups that basically explain that the heart is 400,000 or 40,000 times stronger than the, the brain frequencies. Right. But it is the heart. It was always my desire for my family as I would go out there praying and asking for help, whether I was at the foot of the cross with Jesus or or asking for aliens to, to you know basically save me or or rescue me sometimes. It was truly my desire, my intention, Lynn McTaggart's work, the intention. Sure. Oh sure. Intention, She's been on the show too, yep. <laughs> intention of having that help. And that opened the door. And of course, it came through a very strange and circuitous way Uh through through those murders at childhood and then someone who ended up stalking me and then me working with law enforcement. But that dynamic, we often don't trust that the very pain that we're in is actually the gauntlet of transformation that we're getting ready to go through. Mm -hmm. If we can be curious enough to take that step and go through it. Uh-huh. Yeah, such a profound message, and, and um, we need to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to want you to share some of the stories of, of your mediumship and, and how it has transformed certain situations and individuals, but also talk a little bit about the science, because um, as a, um, a healer who's been a subject of scientific research, I, I love the, the the science scientific aspects of these things. Folks, stay tuned for the other side of this break with more with Marla
2: Fries. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425 425- Nine 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 eight three six. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your
0: dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com
2: Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com.
0: Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm really enjoying my conversation today with Marla Fries, author of American Psychic. So Marla, um, there's so many stories of how your psychic ability, your mediumship ability uh, has affected uh, from police cases to individual lives um, can you share a story or two with us please? well I think that when when you're developing something it's the store it's the things that happen that you just can't even imagine I mean my eyes get wide you know right when right. this was first happening to me one of the first situations is I was stuck in a in a taxi and I was coming back from the airport and I was really frustrated I could feel, that something was going to happen. It's that prickly sort of sense about me. And all of a sudden I I was alerted to the driver and I looked at his name and he, uh, it was Ukrainian or Russian or something. And I asked him how long he'd been here and he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to talk about his mother who had just died. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm starting to see various things, which which is one of the things that happened to me, which was shocking. I'm in that cab and all of a sudden I'm in a little room where there is an ironing board with an iron and little mermaid sheets on a single bed. And I'm hearing, I'm so upset that he did not get the glasses from his wedding. She kept them and I'm still very upset about that. Tell him I wish he had the the glasses. And I'm like, I'm sorry, your mother's died? Well, let me ask you a question. Is was her name Clarissa? And he said yes. And he oh said Clarissa is telling me that she's so upset that you didn't get the glasses when you when you when you divorced your wife. And he goes, I know they were my mother's glasses. Now he was talking about glasses like yes. that. And I said, Well, I'm one of these people that do this. Can I talk to you about this? And he uh-huh. said, Sure. And I said, Well, she shows me that these sheets, these these like Little Mermaid shoots. He goes yes i have little mermaid sheets (laughs) it's like i'm in a cab i was pissed off about being stuck in traffic and this is what happened wow and i thought to myself if i can just surrender to that kind of joy because I was going blind to my present circumstances, and it still happens. I mean, I was on the phone with a uh, with a woman that lives up near you, actually, the other day, and, and she said that she wanted to talk to her husband and her dead son, and and I could feel him. He took me down the driveway, her son, and he showed me the door and the knocker on the door, and that she wore this pink thing, which was a coat, I guess, she told me later, but there was a mat on the ground and he was talking about she has to move the mat and her hand being hurt. And it was like one thing after another. And she's like, yes, that's my son. And that's my driveway. And that's my door knocker. And yeah. I wear this really cute, really cute pink coat. And yeah, I fell because of the, of the, of the mat in front of the door and I hurt my thumb. And it was just like this download wow. of, of her beautiful son." coming Mm -hmm. in with his personality, showing me all the things that he had done in the house to help her, Uh but to continue that conversation of life after death.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that is just, you know, the old example of being in the car when it was first beginning and just last week of the extraordinary ability that our bodies, as Geiger counters, of, as empaths that can feel right. things, to be able to control that in a way to help someone else. Right. And that is just the joy. We cried. Her husband came in and, and wanted to talk about Italy and wanted to talk about the romance, and which was really fun to have an older man who's now in spirit come back and talk to his 80-some-year-old wife, talking oh. about the romance to inspire her. Yeah. That's, and I just, that's you know, it, it, it truly is. So it runs the gamut. I mean, I, I've i been helping people trying to buy houses in the last couple of months because of the situation, you know, with people leaving homes and et cetera. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it's not necessarily talking about dead people, but the psychic awareness of being able to feel a structure. I don't even need to go into the house, but I love going in when I'm helping clients. Uh-huh. and And, you know, I can feel when there's Water pressure off, or that there's a sewer issue. So oh, the cycle, psych- cool. yeah, it is cool. Yeah. But the, the psychic elements of this stuff is truly re- remarkable. Uh-huh. But we have this ability. Mm. All of us have touches on it, whether we want to focus on it, whether it's our time, this time to come around and really explore this. Uh-huh. But I find it—it it is remarkable, and I. I laugh. I had a coach years ago who said to me, Marla, you're like the fish that swims the swims around the moat. And you see the castle and go, oh, it's a castle. It feels like every day. It's like, I can't believe that I'm seeing or experiencing what I am. Yeah. So you just roll with it because it's not your information, uh-huh. but you are the vehicle that gives you the opportunity. And Christine, I don't have really any family members. Mm-hmm. I'm not in touch with, you know, family anymore um, for various reasons, whether it was necessary um, to move on because of what I do and their belief Mm -hmm. systems. Mm -hmm. But it is in touching the love. I think it's one of the reasons I don't have family,
2: Mm -hmm. because
0: I get to feel the love that people have with their loved ones. And that is truly remarkable. Yeah, And that's one of the reasons I do it. And one of the things that strikes me is um, you talk about your mother being obsessed with daytime drama, watching watching her shows on TV. The TV being, um, you know, your babysitter. You wanting to be in the TV. And what strikes me is that in this role that you play now, in helping people, you get to see this television show but it's a reality show about the other side interacting with the, the this side and it's such an amazing thing to be able to do and such well, a you're doing there. it too well you're doing it too you're virtually schooling we are oh. vi- we are virtually schooling which I find really fascinating so uh-huh. the science of this is kind of like if the computer is God, Uh we are the players of our own avatars in this game sure we have rule sets and everything we can't jump out necessarily but we're in this and the computer really needs us to grow up in consciousness Mm. and as we have discussed the dynamic of we have to find a way to listen you know in our country we're having quite the issues going on and Uh our forefathers have in many times I've communicated with with um, with deceased veterans who mm-hmm. have basically gone before us telling me we, the, the people who are here now at this time and all of the listeners here are here at this time to help us do something about what our forefathers couldn't. You know, mm-hmm. you and I have had experiences you, you shared with me that, when you were listening, consciousness gave you a challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, you know, when I was in my early 20s, when I was trying to decide, summer between my, my junior and senior year, I was a math major in college, trying to decide whether I should go into computer science or go to grad school to study st- statistics. And so... I heard this disembodied voice that I don't recall hearing before up to that point, And it said, you're a healer. And I was walking down the street, there was nobody around. And I thought, that's a strange thing to say, or to hear. And like, you know, did, did my imagination come up with this? Well, I heard that voice a couple of times saying the exact same thing emphatically. And I thought about it being a healer. And I thought, I've got so much emotional baggage that I wasn't really willing to face at that point, but I could feel it. And I thought, this is the most egotistical thing my mind has ever come up with. So, you know, fast forward a few years, I developed the early stages of lymphoma. And with that cancer, doctors said early treatment tends to give people a shorter life. And so they wanted to wait and watch until it got to be bad enough. And then they would put me on chemotherapy the rest of my life. So um, I ended up on this journey to heal myself and I did and it put me on a different path to become a healer so it's like I first had to heal myself and of course you know as as we being a healer isn't just about facilitating healing for others or teaching people how to do that it's about being on a journey of self-discovery and this stepping into authenticity which is a I think a key portion of any kind of healing yes um, and and yes, yeah, so I didn't listen, and so <laughs> the universe had to speak more loudly. So "Here, here, here's a chance, you know, to become a healer." <laughs> and, and I think that we are we're still living this out, where you know, in talking to forefathers or or other people that have gone before us, basically we're constantly being given messages. Yes. When are we going to listen? Uh huh. And. I, I really want to talk to you about the science as well, um, but before we go any further, before we run out of time, I want you to share with listeners how they can connect with you because I know that you do offer sessions, and uh, you know they'll be able to read more about your book and and your journey. Oh, good. Well, look, I just have a prop right here. Can you right? see the prop? The prop. Oh. <laughs> this book is it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Simon and Schuster available in Kindle and I just put out the audiobook about a month ago. Great. Right. So, and, and your website is Well, americanpsychicbook.com basically okay. talks about what the book has been doing and everything. You can order the book in that way, but that will uh-huh. also click you to my old website, which I really need to reboot, but it's the um, marlafreeze.com which uh-huh. basically will take you to the contact form and just fill it out and and mentioned that you found me here they that listeners found me here and that's, okay, the that's to communicate great. with me yeah okay. i'm, I'm so, and it's it's m-a-r-l-a-f-r-e-e-s yes and, um, she helps f- she frees us from um this fear that our loved ones don't exist after they pass over let's put it that way so yeah. that's how you yeah. Carla frees, yes. yes thank you yeah it frees us from the the bondage of our childhood so that we may transform Yes. I love that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the science. Cause as a former research statistician, I, 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 love hearing about the scientific validation. I've, I've been a subject of scientific research with all sorts of experiments relating to healing. It's very real. Yes. Um, and I'm excited to hear that there's some research being done associated with mediumship. Well, you know the thing about um, you know Gary Gary Zukofsky, Dr. Gary Zukoff I think that's uh, no, no Gary Schwartz. Gary Christian. Schwartz, yeah. Gary Schwartz. Uh, Gary, yeah. Gary Schwartz, um, you know, was doing that that work for a long time, and I had been mm-hmm. in touch with him back then, and I was very fascinated by by that. But I didn't go down that research t- um, very long. I I found myself um, pulled to Tom Campbell and also the work at the Monroe Institute. So. Oh, yeah. I'd been go, I had found myself after getting divorced that I, I needed to go to Monroe. I'd heard about it for 15 years. Uh-huh. So it was it was literally the US military psychic spies that made sense of all of the stuff that was happening to me and I trained with them and it was they saved me from feeling crazy. Because mm-hmm. that's when the whole stuff with law enforcement started happening. I really mm-hmm. needed grounding, and it was Monroe Institute, you know, the largest educational center for expanded states of awareness, mm-hmm. and the binaural beats that Bob Monroe and an en- engineer by the name of Dennis Metternich and Tom Campbell, who was working as a as a scientist and as a physicist back then, mm-hmm. they developed the binaural beat system. You know, they developed okay. HemiSync work. So Tom went on to develop nasa defense systems and then he became a consciousness expert and wrote my big toe which is a book this thick the theory of everything and when i was working as a co-host for whitley in on dreamland Uh whitley Strieber, yeah Whitley striver that was part of you know one of the books that i needed to take a look at and i got tom on the show and of course my math was not math was not my favorite thing. I have mm-hmm. so much respect for your brain and the way that it works with math because it took me like maybe ten years ago I finally believed that five and seven was twelve, so I had a little bit of a block there <laughs> but 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 Tom's work uh, in in discussing the um the virtual reality not not the not the uh, materialism of science, but the virtual reality model of, of reality, uh, equaling information became an opportunity for the metaphysics and the, the, you know, the psychic part of me or True. the paranormal to become normal, right? Because of that. So just, so studying how the Akashic records are a database
2: uh-huh.
0: and that d- finding ways for our physical systems as well as our consciousness everything about us to be able to access those databases is sure. where i went oh this is really fascinating because yeah. i needed the more grounded reality in being able to spread out this conversation uh-huh. of being able to communicate with deceased loved ones and past life regressions in altered states of reality other mm-hmm. en- energies and entities that yes. we were curious regarding ETs and all of that. So I started, you know, studying with Tom and Tom's been having these um, immersives that we were traveling all, all over the world doing um, uh-huh. where we would get together a group of people and and for a week we would go into these meditations with binaural beats that Tom had developed and access all of this. I mean, it was, it was Hogwarts times, you know, a thousand. Yeah. And, and, and I want to encourage people to, to get the book because um, that's one of the most fascinating parts of your journey. I, I mean, the, the things that you were experience, experiencing were mind-blowing to me, at least. Yes, yes. well, and, and but those are my experiences, right? Sure. Other, sure. other people had tremendous, um, I guess, the reservoir inside their soul about healing. Mm-hmm. to start doing this outpouring. I mean, remote viewing is one thing to study and all of that, but uh-huh. we began a series of, of healings through Tom's work with, called The Outpouring, which was sending a frequency or love or seeing these people healed. Mm-hmm. And that just became another part of this this immersive work that we've been doing. Right. So, Thanks. yeah, that's so exciting. Okay, so I know you've helped... People, helped police solve cases. Um, you've, you've helped people to reconnect with their loved ones who've passed over. Yeah. How has this helped to heal you? <sighs> oh my, I have to get a Kleenex for that one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I am um, well I can't really talk about the end of the book, but the but the culmination of the book it was the most transformational experience of my life in that I was able to connect to my mother in death through mm-hmm. through another medium. I thought that this book was going to come out in two thousand and twelve, and I heard the way that I hear things. Um, mm-hmm. No, we want you to talk to your mother. Uh so it was it's been in the you know the whole book is this incredible journey of you know it was me but learning these things all the way along and understanding the whole aspect that that um death or hell is hell can be a construct and that Mm -hmm. people can keep themselves in that on the other side and that our prayers and our love for them can shift them. It was in writing my book that I relived so many of the situations with my mother. And in that time, Christine, I was able to speak to her and speak to her in ways that if she were here while alive, she would never allow me to speak to her, but I could Mm -hmm. tell her what was upsetting and talk about them and write the things so that she had to understand her soul, that database had to understand what her life had done right both both good and bad so that she too could heal that for herself yeah and i i love that it's um that connection between somebody who's on the other side that it's it's almost like that i mean it's 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 very much like the the healing and the journey continues the expansiveness doesn't end when the person's life ends here exactly but, yeah and yeah. uh it, it's there's really healing it. on both sides of the veil yeah. and um i believe that i'm i might have had covid in december and january before you know uh-huh. we in los angeles have you know been talking sure. about this for a while but she came to me in that time and showed me something that she had used for me when i was sick as a child so uh-huh. sick a lot and she had shown me one of the old vaporizers. You remember those oh, that we sure, used, yeah, yeah. And and she said, "This is what you need." And she also said, "You need to breathe." And I'm I I knew I need to breathe, um, but I ended up actually getting some DoTerra out of my cupboard that said, "Breathe," uh-huh. it was a respiratory aid which was a bronchodilator, which made my lungs. I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor talking about this, but sure. it actually yeah. was necessary for my, it opened up my lungs, which I believe helped me in this process. Right. So she will pop in and out in various ways, but her consciousness is much different than when it was when she had originally died. Yeah. So the help that we have given each other in, in life and death it's, that's the transformation of it all. It really is. It's my, it's the journey of our joy, our loss, and our forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know that there are people who think that if they become conscious enough, whether it's through, um, you know, Developing their connection with the divine, or developing their psychic abilities, that somehow they're going to spiritually bypass the pain and suffering of being human. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and let's just to find that state so, so that. But there's there's kind of like this this conditionality, like okay, well if if I do this inner work and get this connection, that somehow it's going to make life easier. What do you have to say about that besides laughing? (laughs) You know, I remember a client of mine writing me and she said, you know, I probably need to see you again or talk to you again because I don't, when I don't listen to you, all this crap starts happening and and I go through all this stuff and I'm, I basically, you know, said, look, I'm, I'm able to help you see the, the probable probability factors of your life i can see if you choose to go down this path that this and this and this might happen i keep trying to help you um you know uh detour that for yourself but she was too stubborn to not listen to her own guidance you know, if you're thrown in jail, that's a really good wake-up call. Or if you get sick, it's a really good wake-up call. Or if you get a car accident, those kinds of things rattle you to give you an opportunity to move forward. So you and I both, you know, you had to have lymphoma Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in order to shift your perspective. Right. You know, we're in a pandemic. Uh And it's... It's the sort of thing where um, the challenges, from my perspective, not only offer us personal growth, but it, it offers us the opportunity to, to see truth in a different way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I'm looking at the, the COVID situation and the fear. It, fear is rampant right now. And when I started letting go of my fear, it opened my eyes to things in a very different way. Um, anyway, it's, this yeah. has been a fascinating conversation. I could talk to you for hours. Yes. <laughs> we, we've, we've run out of time, but I just want to mention your book again. Listen, folks, if I say after, you know, I have to read, you know, at least 75 to 100 books a year. And when I say I highly recommend a book, <laughs> I mean it. Uh, American Psychic, and you can go to AmericanPsychic.com marla american book.com oh, i'm sorry american psychic, psychic, psychic book. Book. Com, yeah right. or marla freeze.com Yes, yeah, correct and um yeah i just so enjoyed your book and um i it's been inspirational to share in your journey and in, in in both reading the book and chatting with you today thank you for joining us here today thank you so much christine thanks so much for tuning in today If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.